0: Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of Hands Up, the education podcast that takes a light-hearted look at all the quirks that make being a teacher, an educator or just part of a school a truly unique experience. My name's Jordan Firth, I'm a Year 1 teacher and this time I'm not joined by fellow teacher, co-host and co-creator Mark Tomlinson. Mark will make an appearance this episode as he's thought long and hard about his actions in the last episode who stayed in at playtime and pre-recorded an actual review of the TV show Teachers for his famous fictional school. In my countdown, I'll be ranking the top five school dinners, our teacher talking point is all about how to spot a teacher in the wild, and finally, we have our guest segment. Since Mark can't be with us today, I'm joined in the studio by my guest for this week. She is a deputy head teacher, the manager of a primary initial teacher training alliance and, side note, also my wife. It's Antonia Firth. Hello. It's great to have you with us. So sit down, cross your legs or make sure your chair's tucked in. Four legs, Antonia. And let's get started. So, um, you're not Mark.
1: (laughs) No, I am not.
0: It's... It's good. It's great to have you with us on the podcast. You mentioned before the other day that these husband-wives podcasts can be quite lucrative, can't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was referring to comedians, in all fairness. I was telling you about Chris Ramsey and his wife, Rosie, and I was saying about um, John... What's his name? What's he called? John Richardson. Oh, yeah. He's doing one with his wife wife as well, and they're going really well. So I said this could be a... We could having a little... A, A platform. Yeah.
0: So... A bit of context then for our listeners. Um we work in the same school. Um weren't married, nor were we together when I started. So listener that might be thinking, Oh, was it love at first sight? Let me quickly bust uh that myth. You were my NQT mentor and I was terrified of you, I think, for the best part of uh, of a year. I think it probably came after. My second ever lesson observation, um, maths lesson, he sat down to give me my feedback and the first words to leave your mouth were, that was a bit disappointing. Yeah. Now admittedly I've heard that same sentence in a variety of different contexts since we've been married, Uh, (laughs) but not my favourite NQT memory.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, I hope I still have some terrifying moments at times. I just felt, you know, comfortable enough to be brutally honest with you. I felt like you could take it. Unbeknownst to me, you were going and crying in corners. <laughs> but...
0: I think, you know, you know, as a as a member of, of SLT to um, do the old crap sandwich, yeah, shall we say. Yeah, now you went straight in there with the yeah crap on top. I,
1: I think I'd done that in the first observation and then, yeah.
0: Okay, let's have a look then at this episode's Teach Top 5. So I'm ranking down the top five school dinners or parts of a school dinner at least. So I'll do my top five and then I, I posted an example um, on Twitter the other day and I had quite a few responses so we'll go through some of some of those favourites as well. Uh, let's get to it then with number five. Five. I'm going to be a little controversial here and i'm gonna give a shout out at number five to all the folks out there who were rocking packed lunches if you had a packed lunch it probably meant that your parents were a control freak or you were just the fussiest child ever and were probably only cheese sandwiches where the cheese was no more than two millimeters in width and the sandwiches were sliced into perfect triangles or sometimes you'd get kids with that ham you know with the bears
1: oh, face yeah. in it
0: which just looks gross wrong it's wrong on mm. all levels. I myself rocked a pat lunch for a number of years. Mine consisted of a sandwich, a baby bell, which low key still absolutely love today, handful of Pringles that I had I don't know if you remember these, but a <laughs> special Pringle shaped plastic case where yeah. you could get like, I don't know, maybe ten Pringles what in there. How
1: colour did
0: you have? I had loads of them. I remember I think I favoured I had like a silvery glittery one, I think it felt quite limited. A dish when I had that, so rock that one. Um, and then something like a Kit Kat or a gold bar. But side story for this one. So I used to have a baby bell, and there was a a kid in. He was I remember maybe year five, and the kid lower down in school used to swap me for my baby bell for like a, <laughs> you know, like a club or a penguin or something. I'd be That's like, nice one, yeah, it's a decent swap, isn't it? Found out few months later that this kid was then taking this baby bell to like a year six and swapping it for a two-finger twix what so he was upselling my (laughs) baby bell so but
1: he's a a businessman with a very lucrative business right now
0: yeah so um he'd be on the apprentice i'm pretty sure Mm pretty soon um so yeah I, I did find out eventually and i did you know cut out the middle man and get my two finger twigs at the end but, uh, yeah, shout out to that guy
1: can i just say yeah you have more or less just described the pat lunch that you still take <laughs> i have now
0: <laughs> four. and number four it's curly fries if you saw curly fries on the menu while you were lining up in the dinner hall it was going to be a good day curly fries i've noticed always taste exactly the same wherever you go with their special like curly fry seasoning I don't know how you should describe it it's like I don't know a bit of paprika, Cajun, paprika yeah like a Cajun
1: seasoning yeah
0: it's, it's curly fry seasoning you can't buy that like, in the shops and it's the best and I also want to give a second shout out just as part of this one to uh, Potato Smiley Faces because they are still the bee's knees
1: we have some in the freezer FYI
0: Smiley Faces <laughs> yeah you know, I'm over D. <laughs> Three. Jam roly poly and custard. Oh, yes. You'd have, you'd have had a token healthy day in the week. This is before Jamie Oliver came along and ruined it for everybody. So you'd have had one token healthy day and you'd have had, you might have had a haphazardly chopped up fruit salad. But now we're back to the good stuff. Jam roly poly, bit of custard. Tell me that doesn't set you up right for the afternoon. Two. Rectangle pizza day. A cause for school-wide <laughs> celebration. Think pizza should be circular, do you, Italy? Or sliced into triangles? Well, get a load of this, because this is Britain, and we're doing things proper. Mm. Have it in a big, chunky rectangle mm. with soggy dough and processed cheese. A proper British pizza. Benny. And number one is the classic school iced sponge and custard. You've got two options here, and they're both tied for first place. Either chocolate sponge and chocolate custard, or plain sponge, but with that pink or white icing with the hundreds and thousands on it, and normal custard. Anyone that that crossed the two, by the way, savages. But a cake that would make even Paul and Prue become wide-eyed with nostalgia, like the scene in Ratatouille. Many have tried. But this cake is impossible to replicate outside of a school kitchen. So here's a few from Twitter that we got sent in. Um, At MrBABC and at MrGTeacher, both said cheese wheels slash cheese wheels. Yeah, I guess they're mm. the same same thing.
1: Yeah. Um, And cheese and onion pie. We used to have cheese and onion pie at school. And I once asked the cook for the recipe because I wanted to try and make it at home. But of co- and she gave me it, which was great, but of course. It the was rest-
0: five hundred children. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I couldn't work out I'm like what measurements I needed at all. So I couldn't do it. Six kilograms
0: of onions. This feels <laughs> yeah. like a bit of a <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, so it didn't quite work, but yeah, it was nice.
0: Uh, Mrs. Van der clee says, We had something called gypsy tart at my junior school. It was amazing. The second school I worked at had the same dinner lady who had served me as a child. She remembered me and re- remembered the pudding. She wrote down the recipe for me, but it was a bit crap when I made it. So there we go a mm. theme of mm. getting that recipe from the kitchen, but you just can't just replicate can't it. it. can't
1: do it. No.
0: Charlotte Hurst says uh, chicken curry, the one with the raisins.
1: Uh, oh, fr- oh, fruit does not belong in savoury food. Just gonna say that right now. So that's wrong on all levels. And
0: primary school chicken curries as well. <laughs> Curry is <laughs> oh. the loosest sense of the blandest. It's not. Thing, it's it? not. Um a lot of love for ravioli on there. Um mm. and a lot of love of the cornflake tart. Now I had honestly a good few messages about this, so I googled it and well, it is what it says <laughs> It's the it? basically just looks like a tart, so like a pastry case. Yeah. And they just, just chucked but... a bag of cornflakes <laughs> in <innit? What? Hey? laughs> it.
1: What eh? It must confused. be
0: maybe a genuine I don't know, because I think my
1: mum you were eighties, I was nineties. Yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe seventies. Maybe maybe Mark would know about that. I hear about Manchester tart quite a bit. I think that's coconut and jam and things, but not cornflakes tart. Um, not sure.
0: And Jo, jo says back in the early seventies when she was in primary we had chicken fricasse is that how you say that
1: fricassee, fricassee. <laughs>
0: she says she loved it one day someone knocked over the water jug all over a dinner she burst into tears she's now about to retire but the memory is still so vivid
1: mm. i think a lot of people have vivid memories yeah. of lunchtime and
0: back i feel like back in the 70s as well it wouldn't have been a, oh let's go let's get you another one it's like no
1: you, no, you've had your you've had you your plate. You have your what is
0: now <laughs> chicken fricasse soup with your extra bit of water. That yeah. Yeah, you've, you've, got had, you've had your plate with your blue rim round it. You're not having another one. Okay, let's look at our teacher talking point. Uh, at Deputy Grocott tweeted the other week. Uh, Here's a fun thread for the weekend. It's called "How do you spot a teacher in the street?" These are these are his. He said. They're the ones getting their own children to walk down the street in single file, counting them to check that they're there every so often. Um, (laughs) He said, tell me yours, edge of Twitter. And naturally, people did. So here are a few of the responses. Uh, Karen Stanford says, for EYFS, people walk around with pockets full of conkers and (laughs) pine cones. Um, Rian Wills says, they're the ones getting overexcited in Poundland because they spotted a resource that they can use in the classroom. Mm. Um, uh, oh I can't read her Twitter handle out that's rude MCJ Uh, she says though in restaurants they assist the waiters by loudly asking hands up who ordered the salmon fillets (laughs) and then calculate the bill at the end of the night on the back of a napkin because they're the only one with a pen Yeah, Uh, Kate Knight our guest on the previous episode of the podcast, Hi Kate, uh, says they're the ones looking longingly at the incredibly cheap holiday deals and travel estate agents' windows and then walking away depressed when they realise they're all in June.
1: Yeah.
0: David Oates says uh, you can spot a teacher on the street because they look confused, skittish and unfamiliar to the outside world. <laughs> uh, at Miss Hill Smith says they, uh, they tut badly behaved children <laughs> or at emmy stories says uh, she, well she adds to that and just says after that I was just giving them the stare the hard stare the Paddington bear mm. hard stare that look that you try and give that child an assembly and you try and burn a hole in the back of the head yeah, just that's to get them to look at you
1: definitely
0: um, secret head teacher says <laughs> they're the <laughs> I like this one they're the one whose other half is saying don't talk to me like I'm a child in your class. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hannah Wilson says that their bag resembles Mary Poppins. Uh, anything you ask for, they can dig in and find mm. it. A stapler, post-its, plasters, spare tights, wet wipes, highlighters, pens, board pens, tape, a bag for life, a waterproof. <laughs> They're all in there Zip just bins. in case. Yeah,
1: Bubbles, bubbles, always bubbles.
0: Uh, Miss Pearson says that uh, the ones who... Disappear down a random aisle in the supermarket to avoid a student.
1: Yeah, that that's definitely... Well, usually you can tell that I'm a teacher because there are small children. It's like the opposite way around. There are small children peering round the side of the aisle and then going, "It's Mrs Beth, and disappearing again as I'm walking down. Yeah,
0: actively stalking you yep. around Sainsbury's. Definitely, yeah. Um, and last one, Sharon says... Um, a way to spot a teacher in the street—you don't. They're either at school or in bed.
1: Oh, I feel sad for that person.
0: Now you are speaking like a true S.L.T. <laughs> who is so unwise to the uh, to the issues. reality yeah.
1: of being a classroom teacher. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm that's a couple, of touch.
0: That's a couple of times you've, you've mentioned <laughs> that, and our <laughs> listeners are going to be shaking there. I'd typical. So- Deputy head teacher. She has no idea. She,
1: what's yeah, going no idea on in what the field. we go through.
0: Good for her if she can <laughs> walk round saying, for us. <laughs> I've got sixty free writing books to mark." So Mark's got one that he has uh, pre-recorded. He saw the questions that we would be discussing this week, and uh, he's recorded his own response. So I'll. I'll play marks
2: now. just wanted to add my bit to the how you can spot a teacher in the street. Uh, I love all of those, Um, especially the ones about um, going down a different aisle in the supermarket to avoid talking to children. And more uh, interestingly, the children's parents, making small talk to children's parents. Um, But I also love the one about being in Poundland and... Look, finding really good resources for lessons. Also, can always find teachers in the in the sweet aisle at Quality Save uh, or home bargains, beer bargains, you cheap supermarkets, uh, buying bags and bags and bags of lollies and sweets and treats uh, as little rewards for their children. I am guilty of that. I'm one of those. Um, and also the other one. Um, teachers you can spot a teacher in charity shops perusing the book section especially looking for books uh, cheap books that match topics i've got a load of bugs and mini beast books from charity shops over the last few years that now uh sit in my little school classroom library oh nice to hear from mark there Aww. miss you mark
0: um <laughs> I know for a fact that he spends his time uh, going around home bargains and the like, buying cheap sweets because he runs a tuck shop with the school council mm-hmm. at the end um, of the school day every Friday, and we use um, we use class dojo as a, as our parent um, sort of interaction tool. And every Friday, there's a post on class dojo. Mark like a like a st- teacher dell boy trying to plug his wares <laughs> <laughs> his, his bargains that he's been and got um, it works though the
1: queue up for that
0: it, it's been a, a great success mm. I, and I don't even work on a Friday this is just word of mouth so
1: I'm normally at the front of the queue to be fair
0: what buying you <laughs> drumstick <like> that is yeah
1: <laughs> always a packet of love hearts every time
0: so in the last episode Matt was supposed to review uh the TV show "Teachers" as part of his famous fictional school, mm. he started off with good intentions. He even he even went as far as saying what year it was broadcast, and then a, a bit of a slippery slope after that. I've, I feel he kind of it got emotional. Didn't basically, it? ended going from "Teachers" was broadcasting two thousand and something to two thousand four, and then he started talking about the breakdown of his marriage. <laughs> so, <laughs> we've given him a second chance. We've. He's, I've given him time to sit and think about his actions, he's, he's stayed in a couple of playtimes, fought long and hard, he apologised on Twitter, and he's come back, and I hope, because I've not you know, probably listened to this yet, I hope he's actually done a review on the TV show, Teachers,
2: but uh, I guess there's only one way to find out. Over to you, Mark. Hello, Jordan Antonia. Sorry I can't be with you today as I'm self-isolating, which I believe is the new term for Netflix and chill. So here we go. Teachers, the TV programme, take two. First of all, an apology to any fine art graduate teachers out there who I may have upset during last week's episode. Of course, teaching is a degree profession. Unless you work in a free school, then all you need is a GNVQ in retail. And as long as you have a degree that links you in with your chosen subject then that's fine. We all know it's the nine months of teacher training that turns you into a real teacher and not whether you know the difference between cubism and brutalism or have read the complete works of Louisa May Alcott. So with that feeble attempt at an apology out of the way, let's get on with looking a little closer at the TV show Teachers. The show initially focused on hot-to-trot secondary school teacher Simon as he looked to navigate his own course through a career in teaching while coming to terms with having to be an actual grown-up. To be honest, the show was fairly light on actual teaching but instead spent most of its focus on the social lives of our main protagonists. Whether it being down the pub for a post-teaching session, puffing on a crafty fag in the labs, or sharing stories about the previous evening's sexual indiscretions. The teachers portrayed here are shallow-minded, feckless, and emotionally stunted, and therefore probably easily identifiable to young and impressionable graduates wondering what they should do with that 2-2 in stand-up comedy from Salford University. As an aside, a true story. During my teacher training, I actually met a trainee who indeed was a stand-up comedian, and ran a stand-up comedian workshop. He only made it to the end of the first term, as he was thrown off the course during his short placement when he showed a class of year two children the trailer to a new Christmas film called Krampus. Watch it on YouTube, and then consider why it wasn't a good idea to show it to six and seven-year-olds. Apparently, he's got a sell-out show at Edinburgh this year. Back to teachers. The sex god that is Simon, isn't there for the teaching or to pass on the literary baton to the next generation. No. Simon has become a teacher because he doesn't know what else to do with his English degree and his best efforts to inspire and motivate his charges are often derailed by his own personal issues or failings. After a while, the quim-quiverer Simon heads off to battle zombies by taking a job at a comprehensive in Keithley. And the show focuses its attention on other characters, such as the dim witted PE teacher Brian and the computing teacher Kurt, who was so desperate for his shag he quit smoking in a bid to woo a parent. Kurt and Brian share the staff room with a disparate and, for us teachers, relatable bunch of characters. There's the oversharer. The one who is too open and honest about what's going on in their personal life and doesn't think twice about having a full-blown row with her partner on her mobile phone just as the staff are gathering for briefing. There's the one who is often the subject of desire and discussion amongst the male members of staff. (laughs) Sorry, just had a bit of a moment there. Uh, There's the perpetually underprepared one who can be seen legging it to the photocopier just as the school doors are opening to print off a hastily compiled word search to keep the children busy for 10 minutes while he thinks about what he's going to teach that day. And there's the over-positive one. The one who is far too chipper on a Monday morning. The one who posts wine o'clock on their Facebook feed every Friday evening, accompanied by a photo of them raising a glass of chilled Lambrini while stenciled on the kitchen wall behind them are the words live life love. To be fair, watching this as a non-teacher back in the early noughties, Summerdown Comprehensive did look like a fun place to work, possibly because it didn't concentrate too much on the teaching side. There was a lot of smoking, it was still cool then, shagging, and scenes of marking work while sat in the pub, and all soundtrack music from the hippest bands of the time, such as the Libertines, Ash, the Dandy Warhols, and uh, Top Loader. And who wouldn't want to work in a place where donkeys roamed the corridors and the canteen was run by a group of comedic dwarves? There's no doubt Summerdown Comp required improvement. Teachers were as unruly as the pupils and were more interested in getting laid than teaching subordinate cut clauses. But what it showed was the camaraderie and friendships are a vital part of a school and the life of a teacher. They are key to seeing us through the demands and pressures of a challenging and sometimes difficult role. We all need those colleagues who we can turn to when the going gets tough, or give you a high five when you have a small victory. The teaching lives of Stud Muffin Simon, Kurt, Brian et al, are somewhat different to those of mine and my colleagues. There's no post-work booze ups in the black bull or any skirt chasing, (coughs) (coughs) but what we have in common is the unity of teachers. Positive and professional relationships are developed, and in some cases, long-term friendships are formed. And no matter what your degree is in, be it a first in chemistry from Oxford or a 2-1 in golf management studies from Birmingham Uni, most of us stepped into the profession to make a difference and to help shape the minds and lives of the children we teach. And for that, I salute each and every one of you. Uh, Jordan, for this last bit, can you fade in some stirring music at this point? Uh, possibly Jerusalem or, failing that, uh, Dancing in the Moonlight by Toploader. Thanks. Cheers.
0: Oh, so I saw you nodding along quite a lot with that. I think uh, in terms of um, reviewing the TV show Teachers, a vast, vast improvement there
1: Mark has met his areas for development there well done Mark
0: (laughs) so let's get in then to our guest segment where we ask our guest uh, about their experiences on being an educator so Antonia two questions that we ask all guests and then one that is tailored to you you ready okay question one then what's your most embarrassing funny or favorite classroom slash teaching slash education moment
1: so I had to think quite long and hard about this, actually. I'm sure there have been lots of funny, amusing moments in my 15 years of teaching, but I found it really hard to sort of pinpoint any. I don't know why. Um, but then, as I thought about it, most of them involve dressing up um, and um, things like um, when we dressed up as um, Bert and Sheila from Ratburger.
0: Yep, um, Oh, see we were that cringe couple's uh, fancy dress.
1: Yeah, well we had a few that year, and but I thought we pulled that one off spectacularly well. Yeah,
0: mainly because you were pregnant,
1: so you... I looked massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what I, I walked around with a packet, m- literally munching on a packet of prawn cocktail crisps all day. It was great.
0: Yeah, basically we thought, <laughs> how can we get Antonia's new obsession with prawn cocktail crisps into a costume <laughs> My idea? And luckily, David Williams has already come up with a character, so...
1: So, one of my standout moments, though, has to be um, when I was dressed as the Queen of Hearts um, for our fairy tale ball. So, uh, normally our head teacher would do this, um, but she wasn't in that day. So, I said I'd, I'd do it, not a problem. Um, so, I got dressed up in this uh, pretty outrageous Queen of Hearts outfit with the you know heart shaped red lipstick and hair and wand and everything. Uh, I'd been round all the classes and seen all the children and and put on a, a great show as a queen of hearts and then it dawned on me that I had Mark's NQT meeting to do. So uh, there I was sitting in the head teacher's office and Mark walked in and um, well I just don't think he knew what to think at that point. I don't think he knew what was going on <laughs> but I was sitting there dressed as the queen of hearts ready to his
0: i think the feedback that i've been given
1: from my <laughs> time
0: and kind of looking back now is that you pretty enjoyed that
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he coped well and we had a very professional meeting
0: i'm sure <laughs> um next question then is what's your teaching pet peeve Imagine you're in room 101 but a, a teaching version what would you send down a shoot and, and put in there
1: I think this would come as n- no surprise to anyone. I cannot stand pencils that are not sharp.
0: A blunt pencil.
1: Yeah, yeah. It 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 just it sends shivers. I get I get the sweats and everything. I can't stand it. If I go into a classroom that I'm teaching in and the pencils are blunt, then I'm straight onto the TA. I, you know, all the children. We need to sort this out.
0: It does. It, it does make the writing look look worse. And, and fatter, doesn't it? The letters yeah. get a lot of fatter. And, I, and I especially never, for
1: the children at our age as well.
0: Yeah, and I never liked writing with a with bullet and pencil. I and mm. some children some children will write with the, just the wooden stub that's left at the end and just mm. be happy that it's kind of been engraved mm. <laughs> onto the page. Some
1: are pleased that they just found a pencil. So, you know. And I know it, it does sound trivial, but for me it's just one of my little OCD things. Yeah,
0: friend Okay, then a final question, the one that's tailored to you, and this this comes from Mark, actually. Um, So you're a primary initial teacher training manager um, for a local teacher training alliance. The stats at the moment for teacher recruitment, especially teacher retention, are horrendous. I think over a third of all recently qualified teachers quit within the first five years. So what are the challenges that you see for trainees and nqts and do you think the extension of the nqt phase to two years will have any benefits
1: i think um as a as somebody who recruits for for trainee teachers i think it has to start from the very beginning and people understanding the role of a teacher and what it really entails I think there I still come across quite a lot of people when they come to interview that they've they've not really got a handle on 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 what it is um and the work and the work
0: pencils
1: yeah yeah maybe <laughs> you know and they get good holidays and it fits in with the family life and things uh, but I do think a lot of it comes down to the support that people get so i I like the idea of the early career framework and I was talking to one of my colleagues about it the other day. And um, you know, in essence, it sounds like a great idea to to give people more support in the early stages of of teaching. The the only issue, and we'll see how this works when when the pilot is running and, and what the outcome of that is. But it is dependent on the schools, the individual schools that people and it's the same for, for trainees placed in schools as well. Every school works differently and as, as much as we try to regulate things and, and we have mentor standards and things like that, you know we can only we can't micromanage schools at the end of the day and the support that they give people. So it, it, that's the difficulty is whether people are being given high quality support and if, if it's a case of that's going over two years and the support wasn't great in the NQT year, then they've got two years of not great support. So we'll see what comes out of this pilot of the other careers framework, and fingers crossed. Yeah, it will help.
0: Okay, interesting. Well, thanks for stepping in
1: for Thanks Mark. for having me.
0: You're welcome. You've <laughs> come a long way um, to get <laughs> yeah. here, haven't you? Gone all the way upstairs into <laughs> our <laughs> spare room. We <laughs> uh, But thank you very much. Thank you and that's it thank you so much for listening as a teacher it's rare we have anyone's attention for five minutes at a time let alone 30 so thank you for that give us a follow on twitter at hands up pods to join in the conversation look out for anything that we might post um, on there you could get featured on the podcast pass it on if you did enjoy it to another teacher educator or just anyone else you might feel enjoys listening as teachers word of mouth is the only form of advertising that we can afford And don't forget to subscribe to us through your preferred podcast provider. That's all for this one. Class dismissed. What's for tea?
1: Potato smiley faces.